This is a journey into sound. I know what you pinko, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the mainstream. Hey, this is Andy from Black Crown Initiate. You're listening to MSR Cast. Keep it metal.
everyone to a brand new episode of MSR Cast. This is one of your co-hosts. I am Carrie G, and I have the privilege to have one of my favorite new bands on the phone with me here, uh, Andy Thomas from the band Black Crown Initiate. How you doing, man? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me. No, the pleasure, man. Uh, yeah, I just I discovered your band late uh, in 2013, probably November-ish. And man, it, it just the EP just shot to the top of my you know year in list like, like 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 a bullet, man. Well, that's awesome. We uh we really didn't know what to expect when we put it out, but the uh, the reception has been really cool. So let's let's talk about the band. Uh, give me some background on when and how the band came to be. Ah, uh, the band started actually about a year ago, February of last year, two thousand. 13. Um, me, our bass player Nick, and our singer James were playing in a different band, and uh, kind of just wasn't what I was looking to do. And I was getting older, so I decided to uh, quit and just make an album of music that was exactly what I wanted to hear, and uh, do it in a professional studio, uh, which we did at Atrium Audio in Lancaster. Um, we actually just kind of put it out and didn't expect anything. And uh, then we, uh, well, it's kind of, it kind of happened really quick. We put it out and um, put it on Bandcamp, and within a couple months, people, really, really notable people in the industry were contacting us. And uh, we got a drummer and a, and a guitar player. Both were musicians that we'd played with in the past, so it kind of just came together really easily. So there was a, uh, so you had that comfortableness with bringing people together that already worked together before. Absolutely, yeah. Actually, all five members of our band now played in that old band. Oh. So we've been playing. We've all been playing together in some semblance for years and years. And what was the old band's name? They were called Nightfire. Okay. Is it totally more different style. That like was more of a technical death metal band, but I I really wanted to do something. Uh, I guess more dynamic and more, uh, more free, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like, I, I just, for me, music's more about emotion, uh, emotion than, than technicality. And that's, that's always been what's, what's drawn, drawn me to music. It's really, it's obviously you practice your instrument so that you can convey emotion, but you don't practice your instrument so you can dazzle other musicians. That's not really the point, I don't think. Right, right, right. A lot of people tend to do that, though. Yes, yes, I think so. So, uh, really. let's talk about the EP a little bit. Um, the the EP is titled uh, "Song of the Crippled Bull." Why would it, uh, when you were going in to record this and write the the album, uh, w- yeah. was it a conscious decision to okay, we're just going to do a a short twenty minute EP? Um, we knew we were going to do an EP. We actually had. We had the con- I had the concept before I had the music. Um, it's about the Kali Yuga, which is a which is a, a Hindu concept. There's a there's a, a cycle of creation, destruction, and recreation of the universe, and the Kali Yuga is the final one before the universe is uh, completely destroyed and recreated. Uh, and it's symbolized by a one-legged bull. The golden age, or the, the first age, would be symbolized by a bull with all its legs, but the last age, the Kali Yuga, is one of, like, complete depravity and ignorance and whatever else. And that's, so Song of the Crippled Bull was kind of, was kind of, 
that's what that's about. Um, now, lyrically, it is it is it's based on that, but it's sort of uh, it's sort of my take on the world we live in. I don't have a really good worldview, I guess. I don't feel like things are going in a very good direction, and it also deals with my my personal life as well, I guess. Now, um, the song is well, the the EP is split into four tracks, but to me, it feels like one cohesive one song because there's parts where you'll go back in a, in a later portion of it and revisit. Uh, theme from the first part, and I, I really like the way it flows together that way. Well, thank you. That that was that was purposeful because um, the whole nature of of the concept of the EP is cyclical. So we kind of wanted the EP to be cyclical as well. And I actually wrote the intro, and I guess what became the outro of the EP first. And I knew that that was going to be that that those were going to bookend the EP. So that's kind of how that came together. And we, as we wrote it, we just kind of kept in mind, you know, hey, we should go back to this at some point in some way. And, and it didn't take us long. It only took us maybe three or four months to write it, I think. And so let's go into the, what, what does the band name mean? What is the, the, the meaning behind that? Uh, again, that was that was pretty purposeful. That was the first thing I had when I when I approached the rest of the guys. And said, hey, I'm starting this band. I want to call it Black Crown Initiate? And they were like, Well, what the hell is that? Basically, um, there's a there's a school of Tibetan Buddhism, and uh, one of the high ranking leaders, one of the high ranking leaders in that school, is uh, he wears a black crown or the black crown, which symbolizes kind of bearing light to humanity and uh, just showing people a better way. But because of my admittedly uh, bleak worldview, I feel like if you're going to show people any kind of truth today, you almost have to show them maybe how perverted they are. We are. We are, I should, I should clarify, because I'm, I'm no better. But that's, that's sort of where the name came from. Yeah, like I mentioned before, I mean, the album sort of came out of nowhere and just um, jumped to the top of everybody's list. Was this surprising to you? Absolutely, man. Like I said, when I when I put it out, it was sort of my my way of just being able to say for myself that one time I did exactly what I wanted, musically and conceptually. And I really, like I said, we just put it on Bandcamp. I, I didn't really intend for anything to happen. I mean, obviously, I, you hope, mm-hmm. but it was really, it, it's just as surprising to us. And this, this happened in a very short amount of time. Where, do the, where, where has your career now um, jumped from when you put this out to where you are now? Where, where does it jump from? Yeah, where, I mean, it, it was such a short amount of time between when you put the yeah. album out and now you're touring with Behemoth. And... Right. It, I mean, it, it just... It, it, my life feels completely different. I mean, I, I'm, we're we're just working on a on a full length album and and getting getting prepared to go out and play play play. You know, and that's it 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 it's real. <laughs> sort of, it went from went from a studio project to a real band, and you know, there's a lot of work to be done. But it's you know I, we're not taking it for granted because I mean I'm 27, so it's like I'm not I'm not like a young kid getting this opportunity, I kind of feel, I mean, I'm still young, but I kind of feel like 
this is this is a, an an incredible privilege. So we're we're just kind of not not forgetting that, and working as hard as we can.
the let's keep on talking a little bit more while we're while we're here about the Metal Alliance tour. Um, how did those come about? Um, we our manager Steve Seabury and our booking agent Dan Rosenblum uh, are basically in charge of that tour, right? And um, asked us if they wanted if we wanted to be part of it, which hell yeah, we do, of course. <laughs> so I mean that that's kind of how that came together, and you know, behemoth for me since I was a young kid, maybe not a young kid, but a teenager, uh, has been an extremely important band. I mean, that, that band is, 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 is an example of how to approach extreme music, how to maintain your integrity, how to be, how to be bad motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's what, you know, it's, again, it's, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. And uh, I, I know it's, it's coming up really soon in April. Um, is, has the nervousness set in yet? Uh, there, there, honestly, there's so much work to be done administratively and, and otherwise. Writing the album, uh, it hasn't sunk in yet. I'm sure it will, though. But again, you have a job to do. We have a job to do, and, and that's, you know... At the end of the day, we're going to do it, no matter how no matter how nervous or fanboyish we are. And that's that's I guess a lot of bands don't look at it that way. They don't look at it as a job. They look at it as, a, as oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But you're, you're right. It, there's there's work to be behind it, you know. And that's what makes bands survive. Well, there the way I'm looking at it, and I think the way you know my advice to other bands in, in similar in similar places would be. There are uh, a million other bands that would kill to be in this situation, and if you're not careful, they will be. So, like, you have to, like I said, not take it for granted at all, because the minute you do, there's there's someone else that will step in, and you need you know it's you just have to keep keep a humble, diligent attitude. Let's uh, go back a little bit, back step a little bit to the EP. Um, where can people get a hold of it, and is there going to be a physical copy available? Yes, we will have physical copies uh, on tour with us. Um, there, you can get. We we have a big cartel website or a big cartel page that you can get physical copies as well as T-shirts. We also have the EP on iTunes and Bandcamp, so you can purchase digital copies of it there of uh, at those places. And yeah, I noticed uh, you guys are on. It, here's this whole strange situation. You guys are on Spotify with with the EP, but one of the tracks they have uh, labeled as Black Crow Initiate, so it doesn't come up with when you search for the band. Really? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. I'm like, you, you have to click on the uh, actual album uh, logo, and then it'll pull up all four tracks. I will have to rectify that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about, you know, we talked about iTunes and the, the digital media type of stuff, but like things like Spotify, what's your opinion on, you know, like the current state of the music scene and, and how people have such easy access to music on the internet, legally or illegally, you know? It's sort of a double-edged sword, I think. Um, because I think I think the, the access, the, the sort of unlimited access to music has... It's changed the way people listen to music mm-hmm. in that when, before that, before music was so readily available, and even like generations before, you know, you'd go and buy a King Crimson record. Maybe that was all you could afford, and you completely digested that record. 
for weeks and months and months, and you learned the record inside out. Right. You you really became familiar with it. And I did that when I was younger as well. I still do that. You know, I, I, I get an album and I, or a CD. I still buy physical copies, Me too. personally. But I, I, I do my best to really digest what's going on. I think digital music and the availability of it has sort of done away with that in that people's attention spans are no longer that way, which I think is sad because he, that's one of the joys of, of, I don't know, as a musician putting something together and saying, here's an album, here's a cohesive piece, which is what we try to do with the EP. Listen to it, sit down, give it some time and, and, and think a little bit. And, um, at the same time, though, digital music and, the, and, like I said, the availability, that's not going away at this point. Mm-hmm. So as a musician, I think it's sort of your, your job now to adapt to it or kind of go the way of the dinosaur. I would just, and, uh, you know, a yeah. lot, I would a just lot of people my... have... Re- go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's really it. Really, it. I was just talking to my wife about this the other night. Um, you know, before you get you used to get a CD or an album, you would you know listen to it and digest it. But now with everything, you know, iPod or you know Spotify, it, people tend to put a lot of stuff on random, and it's just a mixture yeah. of everything in their collection, and they don't get you don't get that cohesive, you know, listening, uh, you know, experience. No, you don't. You really don't. And and that's something that for more, I don't want. I guess forward-thinking musicians. Um, musicians that actually have something to say, mm-hmm. whether or not people like it or not, um, it, that's really tough. Uh, there, but there are still bands that, that do that and that do that really well. Um, I, certain bands that come to mind would be The Ocean. You know, when they put out when they put something out, I feel like you have to listen to the whole damn thing mm-hmm. multiple before it starts to reveal itself to you. That's another thing: is good music. Good anything, good film, good painting, good writing. It doesn't reveal itself to you the first time or the tenth time necessarily. Mm-hmm. You're still learning things every time you look at it or listen to it. And I think, like you said, if you can download ten albums in a second, what's what's the likelihood that you're gonna that you're gonna give something that much time to really get the point? And and I think that's. That's not necessarily the best situation. I tend to agree. I mean, sometimes when you hear an album the first time and you don't get it, but then you hear it that second yep. and third time, you're like, "Wow, okay, I finally got it now." And it it makes for a more you know memorable you know experience. You remember those albums and they become your favorite. Well, my favorite band of all time is Meshuggah, and the first time I heard Meshuggah, I, I I truly did not I didn't understand it. And I, as a matter of fact, I really, I really didn't like it. But I kind of knew, I kind of knew that it wasn't their fault. It was like there's something I'm missing here. Mm-hmm. And I, it was the album Chaosphere, as a matter of fact. And I forced myself to listen to it just every day because I knew it was just that I knew that there was something there. And um, like I said, that's that's my favorite band of all time now. Now that we're talking about that, let's talk. In, let's talk about influences. Um, besides Mashuga, uh, what other bands you know inspire Black Crown Initiate? Well, there's 
a whole lot. And, you know, every one of us in the band has completely different influences. Although we do share, I mean, we, we love heavy shit, obviously. Uh, but for me, my favorites, uh, you know, like I said, Meshuggah, uh, Devin Townsend, anything he's involved with, Strapping Young Lad. Oh, God. Go yeah. Europe, Decapitated, Behemoth. Uh, whew. They're, they're, Tool. I love Tool. Um, I really love Between the Buried and Me, like I said, The Ocean. Um, you mentioned a lot of these bands, and I can I can hear them in the music. I, like you said, between the buried and me, I can hear that that style and the the Devin. I can hear the there's like a lot of uh, like Opeth and progressive death metal. Love, love Opeth. Um, so yeah, Mastodon. People compare us to Opeth all the time, and uh, I get it because Opeth has been. When I bought Blackwater Park, I think it came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I listen to that album every day for about a year. Yep. So I mean, there, there's and that's what you know, digesting music like. Uh, Opeth is huge, but I also listen. I listen to all kinds. I mean, I was raised on like progressive rock and classic rock. I mean, Jimi Hendrix. That's my favorite guitar player. I love Mahavishnu Orchestra. John McLaughlin's another huge influence. I love Alan Holdsworth. I love King Crimson. Um. I really love Philip Glass, who's a, who's like a minimalist classical mm-hmm. guy. Uh, I really like world music. I like Indian music. I like Bulgarian music. Um, I just love music. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely, I mean, like I said, you can hear the influences, and it's great that, you know, I, I can listen to a band, and it sort of draws you into the band even deeper when you can pull out your other favorites in that music. Right, right. I mean, it's 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 inevitable. It's it's imprinted on your on your subconscious, you know. When you and that, I think part of that comes from the the truly digesting albums. You know, like truly the stuff you love, truly taking the time to understand it, mm-hmm. because then it then it's imprinted on your psyche, you know. Whereas you know you, you hear a lot of a lot of bands these days, and it's like you sound like one band. You sound like such and such band, right? And it, that's really all you've listened to. And I think another another really important part of listening to music is sort of figuring out the heritage of what you like. In other words, who does your heroes listen to? You know, Devin Townsend. Like he's he's a direct descendant of Zappa mm-hmm. because he played Vi, who also played with Zappa. You go back, you hear Vi's back catalog, you hear Zappa. You know, Opeth, all the prog that, that Michael Ackerfeld listened to. You know, it's like, when you listen to Led Zeppelin, for example, I think it's important to understand where Led Zeppelin came from, you know, which is blues. So, like, right. you, you go back. And I think, you know, I, I have to thank my father for that, because he he's kind of a, he, he's, he's a real, I guess, amateur music historian. So was my and dad, And he always yeah. talked, yeah, he always taught me to, you know, go further, go further back, just keep exploring. Yeah. Um, so, what was the first band you ever, as a kid, said, "Hey, this is really something I love. This is my favorite band." There, there are two separate instances that I can that I can put my finger on. When I was really young, my dad had a tape, 
And on one side was Jimi Hendrix's Are You Experienced? And on the other side was Santana's Caravanserai. And I, I knew then that I really fucking loved the guitar. Um, and the other, the other one is I used to drive around with my dad. We just go hang out and drive around, and he played for me um, St. Lizzie's Jailbreak. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I must have been four or five, but I flipped shit over that. And, uh, I, you know, I just loved heavy music. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely more to St. Lizzie's than the boys are back in town. For sure. For sure, man. So, St. Lizzie's was a lot of great guitar players there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Gary Moore, man. Gary Moore was was fucking phenomenal. So now that we're talking about your influences and stuff, um, this is going to be the the part of the show where you get to program. So okay. um, pick out a couple of bands that really influenced your style, and then maybe something new that you find yourself jamming to. Okay. How, uh, how many do you want? <laughs> well, let's let's pick three. Yeah, let's do three. Pick three. Okay. I know we could do a whole um, episode with with your picks if you want. Yeah, uh, let's do, man, that is tough. We could do, hmm, shit. Off the top of my head right now, what I'd like to hear, uh, I would say, let's do Devin Towns and Bastard, uh, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Meeting of the Spirits. Cool. And... Let's do, uh, fuck it, let's do Mishuga Elastic. Awesome, man. Yeah, let's get into these tracks and we'll be right back.
bring the world of belief Fight to bring insanity To all dimensional reality I'm going to 
Yeah, man. Thank the thanks for the all the Devin talk. I'm a, me and my wife were huge Devi fans. I wear uh, a Devin Townsend hoodie every day of my life. Yes, I have a Terrier hoodie that I wear quite often. Yeah, yeah. It's I have the uh, I guess it was from year, tour two years ago. Yeah, it's it's been washed and beaten up, but I wear it every day. <laughs> Yes, he's he's the man. I got to interview him a few months ago, and it was, it was just a pleasure. I got him to do I do another show called Metal Geeks Podcast, right? And yeah. I got him to do uh, the intro to that show as Ziltoid, and it was like the coolest oh. fucking thing ever, man. That is cool. He just like he like you can hear him like you know break out of his Devonness and just turn into the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's awesome. He's a he's a hyper intelligent human being and I, and one that I don't just respect musically. I I really respect him as a person. He just seems completely honest, which is why he's made the career moves he has. Oh yeah. A lot of people bitch about strapping a lad not being around longer, but when you really listen to his reasoning for why they're not, he's not the same guy really, anymore. It's right on, yeah. That's what yeah, he, that's what he said to me. Like, uh, why why do I need to pretend to be angry when I'm not angry all the time anymore? Right, and I think music should reflect that, and that's sort of where the dynamics come in. Of you know, not wanting to play technical death metal is like, it's just you don't wake up feeling the same way every day. You don't go to sleep falling the same, feeling the same way you you woke you woke up. So why would you want why would you want an album that's one thing for 45 minutes. I, I don't know. I don't really understand that. We need to see you on a... It would be great to see you guys on a tour with Devin Townsend. That would be a... Uh, I, I could probably die. Let's go back to the tour a little bit. What are you excited most about the tour? Oh, man. There's a lot to be excited about. Uh, the, the... I mean, honestly, the number one thing I'm excited about is, is seeing Behemoth every night. Um... I'm excited to to kind of I'm excited to learn from all the bands that are on that tour because a lot of them I mean Goldwar they're they're road dogs as well. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited to to learn how an operation like that works and and to learn how to do it effectively because it's obviously something I'd like to do for a long time. Um I'm excited to play for as many people as will listen. Um I'm excited to, you know, have have people hear our music. I'm excited to I just I'm excited for all of it. I'm excited to play music every night, you know. And if you plan to go to the show, everybody, uh, you got you are playing first, so get there early. Make sure you check check them out. Yes, we are opening up, so please come early. Um, let's go back to the EP a little bit. Um, or, or what your guys are working on right now? Let's let's go into that. Um, what you've mentioned before, you're sort of working on a full length. Um, what what's the status of that right now? Uh, uh we have a good, we have a good deal. We have uh, five or six songs that are that are pretty well pretty well done. Um, it's kind of too early to say to to say too many concrete details. Uh, it looks like we'll probably be recording with uh, Carson Slovak at Atrium Audio again. We love working with him. He's local to us, and it's just a great studio. Um, but but short of that, it's kind of too early to say too much. And what is the writing Should process have. for the band? It's very different now than it was for the EP because we have a full band. And not only do we have a full band, we have a full band of completely competent musicians. And that was that's been one of my issues in the past is 
if you're going to have a full band of people that are writing, it has to be a full band of people that you trust to write. And um, the other guitar player, Rick, uh, he and I have played guitar together since like 2005. So we're very, very similar in our writing and playing styles, and we're very, very compatible as musicians. Um, obviously, Nick and I, the bass player, wrote the EP together. So we have a very, we have a very, uh, very specific writing style as well. Um, and vocally, you know, it's different now because we have three very competent vocalists. Rick is a very good vocalist. James is obviously a monster, and uh, I'm working on it too. So I mean, we, uh, we, we, it's, it's, it's compositionally, it's very collaborative this time around. Um, but it's really a wonderful thing because that collaboration it's not really changing the dynamic of anything at all because it, there's complete trust in everybody in the band um, whereas the EP was pretty much the EP I wrote most of the music and all the lyrics and, and Nick was there to, to, to kind of help me compositionally um, which is which is how we're doing it now but it's just more 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 more, uh, more hands in the pot now, speaking of, um, you, you touched upon having three different vocalists. When you going in to write something or, or, or lyrically, do you have in mind who's going to sing what part of each song? Um, that that kind of quickly reveals itself. I sort of start with, with lyrics, vocal patterns, and, and um, it's sort of, like on the EP, it was pretty much, on the EP is pretty much just me doing clean vocals and James doing the uh unclean vocals and uh but on this on this album it will it will be different because james actually has james is a trained singer he's got a really good vocal range and rick is a very good singer too so it, it it'll be more uh more dynamic in that regard and um you know you'll see <laughs>
Well, going back to uh, we talked about influences and which you you know what bands influenced you. Are you guys happy with being under that banner of quote unquote progressive death metal? Um, sure. Because I think I think if your music isn't progressive, uh, that 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 indicates that it isn't progressing, which I think is uh, the operative for any band, or at least it should be. Um, obviously. Certain bands make uh, make careers out of not changing, but um, I think you know that's really definitely not where I want to be or anybody in the band wants to be. And you know, death metal, sure, we we love death metal, um, but you know, I think I think as 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 we go on, particularly within the, within the constraints of a full length as opposed to an EP, there will be even more twists and turns. Yeah. So, so you guys, you guys hail from Pennsylvania. What is the the metal scene like there? Uh, well, we're from we're from well, the bass player and I and and Rick, the other guitar player, are from are from Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, which is about an hour. I guess it would be southwest of Philadelphia. There really isn't much metal around here, uh, with the exception of Rivers of Nile. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I have not. They just signed a metal blade. Um, they they did an album with Eric Rutan okay. last winter. Came out in February or March. It's incredible. It's called The Conscious Seed of Light. You should definitely check them out. Um, they're they're like getting punched in the face with a giant fist. They're they're incredibly heavy. Um, but really in Reading, that's it's just been them and, and now us. Um, Philly, honestly, there have been some cool bands to come out of Philly, but it do, it doesn't seem too ac- active, or, or maybe maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Um, but Pennsylvania, I, I wouldn't call it a hotbed. Maybe we can change that, though. I don't know. <laughs> right? Maybe you're the new breed. Yeah. Um, so besides music, what do you geek out on? Me? Um, I like cats. I, I like cats and dogs. I like animals. They're pretty cool. I like them more than people most of the time. <laughs> yep. Agreed. I, I guess I like philosophy to a degree, although I'm, I'm by no means a philosopher. More of an idiot who just tries to, uh, tries to fill all the gaps in his psyche with other people's wisdom, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that's really, I mean, I, I just play guitar pretty much and hang out with friends and my girlfriend and animals. <laughs> pretty boring. I like beer. I like beer a lot. There you go. Um, all kinds of beer. Um, very much a fan of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Um, so if they are listening to this at all, I love you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, you, we'll get them your address later. Yeah, yeah. Tell them to tell them to hook me up with some torpedo. <laughs> Start a fire. Right. So uh, I know you have the, the tour coming up for the Metal Alliance, but what's what's up after that? What's the plan? Uh, we're going to record a full length and um, some things in the works. But again, I, I can't. I'm not really. I'm not at liberty to say. Does that sound like Mission Impossible? <laughs> That's right. I'm not at liberty to say. We'll have to just we'll yeah, record the tape later. Stay tuned. We're we're uh, yeah exactly. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to destroy this tape in five seconds. Will it self destruct or will you have to? Uh, ho- it? Uh, hopefully it does not self destruct. I already had that problem today. 
I agree. You're you're a pretty nice, dude. So I don't want anything selfish. <laughs> so uh, thanks for uh, coming on the show, man. Uh, it's it's a pleasure for us to uh, help spread the word about the band. Any final comments you'd like to make? Oh man, thanks a lot to you. We appreciate anybody who spreads the word. Um, just we hope to we hope to see you all soon. And, and thanks a lot. And we're not taking it for granted. So yeah. Keep on rocking in the free world. Cool, man. Thank you very Which, much, man. It's not a free world.
Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit MSRcast.com. Metal or die, let's do metal all the time. Yeah!